Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. No matter yeah. what, and no crying. You ain't gotta tell me it hurts. I know it hurts. The lose somebody you really love and they not dead. Suck it up and roll. But you dead to me. Yeah. Yeah. Love you with all my heart. I swear to God I do. So I forgive you. I never forget what you did. I'm not a human being. And I came up from nothing. Just imagine that. Now I got my own. Just imagine that. This is NFL Trinzo. Season's over. We've got seven long months ahead of us of shows like these that don't have any actual football playing in the meantime. So we're going to have to talk about free agency, the draft, all the speculation stuff. It's prime time season for that. We've got Kyler Murray stuff on docket to Sean Watson. And we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. My goodness, what a performance by the Rams. They mortgage their future to win now. And they did that. They did exactly that. And they probably got a nucleus for a couple more seasons before the bottom falls out. We're going to talk about all of that this evening. First, however, we're going to talk about betonline.ag, who is our sponsor. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline is number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage, which is the best in the business. Sports, right on down to Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Super Bowl is in our rear view. The Rams are champions. They toppled the Bengals 23-20 to in a very entertaining game that went back and forth, so to speak, and was two lovable quarterbacks like we talked about last week. So uh, what's there not to love during a game like that? And I wanted to get your guys' reactions to the Super Bowl, but I'm going to steal the thunder first because this is something I've been telling Anybody that'll listen for the last 72 hours that the way Aaron Donald defended on the final drive is something that you should see on highlight tapes in years to come. Like you would a chase down block from LeBron, a Minneapolis miracle from Stefan Diggs, but you won't really see it because it was just a tackle for loss and it was a quarterback pressure. Um, but the way that Aaron Donald like grabbed, I think it was Mixon or Samaje grabbed him like he was a little toddler and pulled him back on third and one said, you're not going over there. And then like he had 10 dudes on his team, 11 dudes on the other team and said, I'm going to end this game with the pressure. And it was just, it's, it's sad to me that that won't be replayed for years. And it really should be because a guy on the inside of a defensive line said, I'm going to go win this Super Bowl," And he did it. That's my takeaway from that. I also thought Eric Weddle had a really cool story. Living the retired dream, comes back, tears his peck, wins the Super Bowl, confirms why he retired in the first place, but has the, the treasure of ring hardware. But overall, I thought the, the game was marvelous, and I did indeed wake up Monday, and I thought what I'd always thought, like, why didn't we trust this team was going to win it the whole time? They have the roster from heaven. Jason, give me your thoughts on the Super Bowl. Unbelievable game. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Uh, one of the better Super Bowls I've seen in a long time. Uh, to, you know, to your point, yeah, the, the Rams should have won it. But I also took away the fact that, geez, how good are those Bengals? The whole entire playoffs, I was picking them to lose. They have to lose, don't they? I mean, they, they there's no way this team 
gets to the Super Bowl. Then they get there, and they were on that last play of the game. I, I could have swore Burrow threw it. I thought that was going to get caught. <laughs> that, that was definitely in catching distance, I thought. Guy must not have been ready for it, but yeah, how it just a, a marvelous game, both sides of the ball. Yeah, Darnold, um, or Donald, I should say, um, played spectacular. You got some good plays from Vaughn. Stafford did just enough. They played exactly how they should have. I was just really shocked at how the Bengals stayed with those guys. Punched, um, punched them in the mouth at the beginning of the second half. Yeah. And, Set and the tone. Where, where does that leave the Bengals for preseason power rankings? You almost have to wonder because not only did they get through the AFC and then do that great comeback with the Chiefs, but <laughs> then they just go toe to toe with who I thought was a far superior team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, coach wise too. So it's like, wow. Poof, but yeah, great, great game. Great halftime show. <laughs> no complaints. Yeah. I really enjoyed it from start to finish. <laughs> I think the if you're a Bengals enthusiast, you have <clears throat> cause for enthusiasm because you have plenty of cap space on top of all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look at the teams comparatively or even just straight out. And obviously the mission is to fix the offensive line. You won't have a very high draft pick, which is really weird for them, but you will have money to spend on premium free agents. And somehow they were for the most part able to circumvent a shitty pass protecting offensive line all the way to the Super Bowl and arguably a couple minutes away from or about what three first or nine first in goals from a Super Bowl <laughs> when it all yeah. came down to it. Was, <laughs> oh, that was every time I was like, oh, here's another fresh four. And um, yeah, so they were so damn close. And from just a guy on the couch in the Midwest, they basically need to fix their offensive line, maybe one or two more defensive playmakers or let the guys they have mature. But Wes, give us your your takes. Uh, yeah, it was an exciting game. Uh, back and forth. I, I had picked the Rams going into the game and uh, with them. Uh, not having a huge lead at halftime, I was a little concerned just based on um, the track record of Cincinnati in the second half. And uh, I thought the game might get away from L.A. Uh, there were some uh, calls on both sides of the ball that you know benefited each team. Uh, so I, I would probably say that's almost a wash. Um, but the Rams were uh, surprisingly able to prevail. Uh, good game. Good game. Good matchup. Uh, Bengals, though, they should be around. Um, the decline of the Steelers this last year. Um, the question mark at quarterback in Cleveland. And then, um, you know, wh- whatever the Ram or the, the Ravens bring to the table. Um, I, I think that the Bengals will be uh, present and um, a playoff powerhouse for you know the years to come. So yeah. if you if you subtract my both of you, if you subtract my speech at the beginning of the show, who would you give the MVP of the Super Bowl to? Cup, Stafford, or Donald? Mm. I, I'd say Cup. You win. Okay. Yeah, I mean Donald, he's definitely worthy as well but um 
a lot of people just tend to to focus on offense and uh cup had a a solid solid game that last yeah. the last drive was another one for yeah. the ages that it was like jordan getting the ball with 10 seconds left like you knew ball was going to cup couldn't do a goddamn thing about it yeah yeah, yeah. give every award to cooper cup <laughs> what a stud what a stud uh a little bit of irony though because you know yeah you heard a lot of the, the uh, beat writers and stuff and uh, sports talk folks talking up, talking about that offensive line, which we've we've alluded to throughout the season. It, ironically, a little bit of irony that Whitworth was with the Bengals. <laughs> that he he's mm-hmm. part of the, the offensive line that anchored that team. This was the Whitworth Bowl, but yeah. the, the media nibbled at it, but. He's an offensive lineman, so how much can you really put into it? 11 seasons with the Bengals, five with the Rams, both teams playing the Super Bowl, his past, his present, and then possibly his future retirement. It was all like a Hollywood screenplay. I say that a lot on this show. That's what it was for him. And that that and the guy looks just like Paul Rosenberg, Eminem's manager. <laughs> we got to make sure that that's certainly part of the screenplay. Like, you know, that, it has to be, you, you need to pull up pictures. Those guys look identical. Yeah. <laughs> well, I happen to have a computer right in front of me. So <laughs> let's see here. Yep. <laughs> he does. So yeah, you can write that down that uh, Andrew Whitworth is the doppelganger of Paul Rosenberg and Eminem also performed at halftime. So let alone the career parallels, you also had his lookalike in the house. <laughs> but yeah, the Whitworth Bowl, uh, Whitworth Bowl is in the rear view. And I, I'm thinking he'll retire. I, I don't think McVeigh or Donald or any of the other ones will retire, but that was a fun storyline while it lasted. But the other topic that seized the day was Matthew Stafford and his forecast towards the Hall of Fame. So here's the deal. Based on the way that voters have voted for the last couple of decades, Matthew Stafford, 12th all-time in receiving or passing yards, 12th all-time in passing touchdowns in a Super Bowl ring. He's going to get in. The the debate that you're having with your pals or folks on Twitter, you're arguing about different things. Richard Sherman and Deion Sanders are saying that the pool is diluted. We need to reduce it so that it's the game franchise changing dudes. So instead of eight dudes per year, it's only two. Those are two separate debates. If you want to do that, that's fine. You can't let Eli Manning in. You can't let Rivers in. Never going to happen. However, based on the way that these these writers and analysts vote, Stafford is going to get in. That's all there is to it. He could probably retire next year and get the nod. Uh, I tried to explain that briefly on Twitter, and somebody said, well, those 12th on all-time rusher uh, passing air, that's those are volume stats. And like, bitch, those are leaderboards. Like, it takes longevity and consistency to get up that high, and it's not doesn't happen by accident. So I don't. I will never put him in the – like, even if the, the same Rams win again next year, I do not put Stafford in that Elway category or Montana, um, mainly because he he had an ample – sample size in Detroit with Megatron and the defenses weren't always bad there. We tend to think of Detroit as all oh, they're shitty and never any good. There's defenses from time to time with Jim Caldwell were pretty good, um, but Stafford didn't get it done there. So I believe he will be a hall of famer. And if you want to debate shrinking, how many dudes get in in general, that's fair. Um, but what do you got, Jason? Is he a surefire hall of famer? You know, gosh, you know, I, I I've always, 
I remember earlier in the show, earlier this year, I, I didn't really know a whole heck of a lot about Matt Stafford. I knew he had hype. I never really watched his film. He's been in purgatory in Detroit for so long. I was I actually took some time to, to go back and watch some of his earlier highlights and what in some of his great moments. And yeah, I mean, he he certainly was not overhyped. I was uh, uneducated, if you will. I mean, there's there's a good chance now that he has uh, a good coach, uh, a reasonable team. I mean, the Rams will probably lose some guys, but then they'll get some guys. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't think he's done. I mean, I think yeah. that he has the potential to still get another ring or two. And and then, yeah, yeah, I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer uh, by a lot of the things that you mentioned, um, especially now. Wes, this debate that really crept up in the last three days, this, the way that we're discussing it, we should have had this debate at this time last year because then it was an honest to goodness debate. But now he's got a Super Bowl championship, which makes voters erect out of their minds. So I don't think it's a, a big debate. What about you? Uh, yeah, I for me, I want to see more. Um, and, you know, maybe it's his prospects were diluted well uh, on such horrendous teams in Detroit. Um, he definitely put up. St- uh, st- uh, statistics while he was there with Megatron and uh, whoever else was catching the ball for him. But I I wouldn't say he's Hall of Fame worthy just based on comparing him to you know some of the, the greats of yesteryear that we grew up with, the Jim Kellys, the John Elways, the Dan Marinos, um, uh, I don't have him on that level or in that plane. And while Jason was talking, I was trying to just see where he's at st- statistically with, um, you know, those quarterbacks or other quarterbacks. Um, it looks like he was the fastest quarterback ever to reach a few passing yard milestones. Um, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. Um, so, I mean, that, that's something to be said, but I, I think I, I need to see maybe one or two more years of uh, consistency in Los Angeles before um, I'd give him that nod. So the, the ring doesn't seal the deal for you? No. Okay. Because the way, that, the way the discussion has been since the Super Bowl, to me, feels like the discussion we should have about Joe Flacco, where it's real interpretive. It's a real debate. Uh, because Flacco was good for those those two seasons and playoff runs, especially the one, but he never had top to bottom consistency this long as Stafford, and um, he probably has the better quarterback record. I know Stafford's is not very good because he spent his time in Detroit, um, but I, I really do think if he plays to a normal career length by you know 37, 38, I don't know if, if dudes will do it like Brady uh, if he's just the goat in that regard. But yeah, if he continues to do this, he's going to be about top five, top six in both passing yards and passing touchdowns. And that's, that's, that's where I think that, you know, I don't think there's any more stink on him after winning the championship with the Rams and plus people love him. So 
I think that he'll be voted. Now, I don't give a damn whether he gets in or not. It's kind of the same thing with Eli Manning. Like, yeah, he beat Brady twice. Is that good enough? Probably. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of the same feeling I think I've said on this show and definitely on the Believe Vikings show is I watch Matthew Stafford's from 2009 to 2020 twice per year. Never a single time in my entire life that I was like, oh, boy, we're, we're going to lose because they got Stafford. <laughs> That's the way I felt about feel about Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Every single time I watch them, they're going to go down and win Stafford. It's hit and miss. And that's just my my personal on, on Stafford. What about the transitioning to a different quarterback with Kyler Murray offline? We, we joked about or tried to clarify to each other. Uh, he's he's allegedly a little moody in general, and his personality isn't necessarily great in the locker room. That's the reporting. But he he tried to step out and clarify that it was all good. And in his statement, he basically said, I'm a good teammate. My teammates know best, and the people that play football know I'm a good teammate, and I'm going to continue to get better. And then he had a picture of himself in a Cardinals uniform. So I don't (laughs) know if that his way of saying, so I'm coming back or if this is just another stepping stone to, to wait and see because players are empowered. Now they can, they can call their shots and say, I don't want to be here anymore. And that used to be a stain. They, we used to be like, what a prick, but now they have their own voice and they can say, yeah, you know, Kingsbury is a, he's, I don't get along with him. So I'm, I'm, I'm dipping, but uh, I don't know if this will escalate all that way, all all that far, but if it does uh, a, Wes, do you think it gets that far? And if it if it does, where would he where would he end up? I, I don't think it it will. Um, I know we talked about it last week. Uh, he does have kind of a unique situation to where he could hop into another sport and more than likely perform at a high level there. Uh, so there's always that that he could use as a bargaining chip or a threatening chip. Um, if he were to land somewhere, uh, I know we'll probably get to it uh, here in the next segment or two uh, regarding how the Rams mortgaged their their future for uh, Stafford. Um, I could see a team like uh, Philadelphia um, making a play for Murray. Um, you know, send out Jalen Hurts, and they have three first round picks this yeah. year. So, I mean send two of those out this year and one next year. And I, I think you'd have a deal. Um, so, yeah, I, if he were to go to a team, um, Philly would make a lot of sense just with the uh, draft capital they hold. And then, you know, Hurts is good. He seems to have, or seems to be growing as a quarterback, but I, I don't think he's uh, head and shoulders above uh, where Murray is. Okay. Jason, do you think that ultimately Murray, this just kind of fades away? Yeah, it's really tough to say. And I had to go back and that's what I'm doing right now is I had to go back and look at that, that Instagram post of his. And I, I would assume, did he post that to Twitter too? Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's almost a, I don't know what to make of it. Um, I do have to disagree with Wes. There's no way I would trade, um, uh, Kyler hurts or oh, hurts and yeah. hurts and all those ones for Murray. I don't see like we talked about Murray, Dustin, you, you said it quite a bit this year about how, you know, he's just, or no, you said this about hurts, you know, he's, he's got the potential to be good. Yeah. just not quite there yet. Yep. 
Um, I think, I think both their ceilings are about the same. Um, maybe I'm wrong there. I mean, Kyler's probably a little bit more electric. I had the privilege of watching Hertz play and I really like what I see in him. So I could see maybe, maybe a one in Hertz, but I wouldn't give up the farm for, for Kyler. I, I don't know. So that, here's the thing about Hertz. Um, uh, and I, I learned this by, uh, having him on my fantasy team is he gets a lot of the work done on the ground, just like Murray. But when it came time for him to pass, when he had a, a messed up ankle, uh, I, I watched some of those games and it was horrific. It was, it was, I agree there, but I, I also saw him when he had a fresh, clean pocket deliver pretty decent balls too. So obviously that can get better with time as well, but I've seen, God, I've seen Murray <laughs> Murray too, though. Yeah, boy, he's he because he's there were a few times I watched him this year where he looked just awful. I mean, the type of guy that just throws a couple interceptions and all of a sudden they're right back on the field. Nobody, nobody reminds the (laughs) audience of that, you know, and so he's 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 prone to mistakes, too. But, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen over there. I don't know the 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 post that he made didn't didn't uh, mend anything. (laughs) Yeah, I, it, was, I, it looked almost like a self-promotion talking yeah. about himself a lot. Obviously, the picture of just him standing there, <laughs> not with his coaches, not with his teammates. But yet he talked about how much his teammates would talk good about him. Yeah, it, to me, when you say promote, <laughs> it felt like a, like a, something a boxer would tweet. And <laughs> that, that's what I thought. And like I so I, I tend to think kind of what we thought about Rogers last year. What if this is the end of it? That tweet cleared it all up. He'll be back September. It's all gravy. Like what, what did this accomplish? Just the reporting said that he's kind of a tool and (laughs) that he doesn't talk to his teammates at halftime because he likes to put in his earbuds. And then in order to wash all it away, he tweets a picture of him and, and then just like a, like something you like a 17 year old would say about himself. Like, you know, I'm good. People who know me, know me, I'm going to do this. And basically saying that any report, that was told about what they did say about me is false. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one sentence, if, if, if and I, I wrote about this for Vikings territory, that was that, that tweet on the app, it was a blank canvas to say whatever he wanted. And all he had to say is I, I love the Cardinals. We're going to win a Super Bowl, baby. And then all of this gone, everything yeah. gone. Like, but, but it was like, I know I'm good. My teammates think I'm good. I'm going to continue to get better. And they just left it in limbo. And I, I'm with you guys. I don't think he'll be traded, but it's weird that he had a complete softball to put it to bed. And it's like, uh, it just couldn't do it. He was like, no. <laughs> yeah, nope. he's, got, he's got the one picture of his him in college, the picture <laughs> of him in, in the Pro Bowl, and then that lone picture of him standing there. <laughs> Uh, all right, so another quarterback who who is beset by by more drama than this is Deshaun Watson, and his name showed up again. Not like it ever disappeared, but Jeremy Fowler of ESPN in his article that was kind of notes and whispers around Super Bowl and Radio Row was that the teams on his radar are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Brady's leaving, Brady's gone, and the Minnesota Vikings, who have a new offensive-minded head coach, and... That's the first time, credibly, 
that Watson has been linked to the Vikings. There was some other dude who said it about a month ago. And, but now when an ESPN personality says it, that means that he probably heard something. This isn't pro football talk, or this isn't uh, TMZ or something like that. So it, it, it leaves me scratching my head as the Vikings guy, because they have a new general manager who's idealistic, young, and they want to promote the culture of uh, winning and uh, collaboration. And then they went and found the coach who, who's supposed to be right up, right, in, right in that category too. But if you, if you were to trade Kirk Cousins, who isn't universally loved, for Watson, you're taking a risk. And it's a risk of about the fifth best quarterback in football that you hope can get a fresh start. And I don't see the Vikings trading for him. I don't know about the Bucs. Uh, but Wes, is that Viking synopsis wrong about Watson? No, I I don't see them trading for him either. Um one, I'm pretty sure Houston's asking price is still uh, astronomically high. Two, I don't believe um, our new general manager, coach, really want to go down that route, especially um, with the whole ethos of the front office being, you know, a fresh start. Um, they went from what's been described as a toxic environment under. Uh, Zimmer and Spielman, for that matter, uh, to now one where it seems like communication, uh, everything else flows freely. So I, um, I, I just don't see how they can bring in a guy like Watson um, with the allegations still hanging over his head because I, I don't think anything's going to happen anytime soon with that. Um, and it not be disruptive to what they're trying to build or, you know, the direction they're trying to go. Yeah. I think the, I think he can be deposed on February 22nd, which kind of starts the process, but we all know the legal system. That's not going to be done in a couple of days. It's going to take a while. And theoretically the trade, like most trades, it would have to go down before April 28th when the draft starts, because presumably draft capital will be involved. So you yeah. would you have to, whoever trades for him, if anybody is going to have to take a big risk or have it on really good intel that his 25 lawsuits go away. And that's on top of selling the product to your fan base that says, like, well, he might be a creeper, but he's done with that. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Besides the Raiders, I don't know what team would do that. What about you, Jason? Maybe your team oh, does it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he was the number one guy on my radar before all this happened. I'm like, I would have done anything for that guy. Yeah. But then again, he was three years younger. Yeah. By the time this is all resolved, <laughs> he's going to be in his 30s. Uh, it, 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 this is such a, and, and you haven't heard anything about it. it. We still just do not know anything about what's happening here. And 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 to sell that to him. And where do where the Vikings come from in this? Remember his teams were like at one point in time, the like the Dolphins and the, mm-hmm. God, who else was it there that you know? But Eagles, Panthers, Eagles, yeah, yep. They you know, and and the Vikings are never ever mentioned in nope. anything like this. <laughs> the reason that this one is supposed to have legs is because Watson has a no trade clause, and allegedly, the ones that he said that he'd waive it for are the Buccaneers and Vikings. Yeah, you would, but wh- why? Exactly. I mean, well, that, that, with the Vikings, you'd have Jefferson, Cook, Thielen, and Irv Smith. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And then the you know, the Bucks, I mean, but they got some free agent stuff that they need yeah. to sort out down there as well. But um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. I don't know how this is all going to end. And I, you know, yeah. Oh my God. And I don't know how high that, that te- the Texans act. It, it, their asking price can't be too high anymore. Can it? I mean, who's going to do that? I mean, if I was a GM, I'd give up a couple of mid round picks for him and I'd take a chance, bring him on in. I mean, even if he sits on our roster for a year until this all figures out the risk reward there would probably be worth it, but no, reasonable GM is going to give up multiple firsts like he could have once got two years ago. No, at least I wouldn't think not until because you already have to swallow no matter what happens, whether he pays everybody off or everybody reveals it was all fake or something like that. No matter what he's got to deal with the reputation. The new general manager has to say, yeah, we, we, we believe in second chances over here and um, that's probably not, it's probably not just going to vanish. So he'll have to settle or be, uh, you know, be forced to pay. And that's why it's so dicey because if the Texans still have this two or three first round a- asking price, then it, it, it's high stakes poker. Like you're just saying like, well, the guy in his purest form, not sullied with, allegations is probably worth that because he is still pretty young, but it's, I, I don't, I don't know what the asking price is. All I, all I know on the Miami front that was somewhat close, but Tua played his way into more time. Like he showed down the stretch with Flores who got canned that, you know, he's probably going to be a pretty decent quarterback. So I think that talk diminished and in an interrupt for just a second and talk about Nord VPN N O R D. What's more important than peace of mind. Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all of these threats that are out there that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering fast connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With Nord's VPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $400 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by using nordvpn.com slash believe, or use the code B-L-E-A-V, that's believe, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN. Yeah, I mean, you and two, you think, before any of that, I mean, accountability has to be, you know, because I mean, we, we live in a world of second chances, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so people do get those and, and me of all people believe they deserve those. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so, so you got him that's really saying that none of this happened. <laughs> um but then there's there's that many accusers or it's like, wait a second. Yes, it did. So like you said, it, what, all these people going to just come out and say, oh, no, yeah, we just conspired, you know, to do this. None of it's real. None of it's true. That absolves him. Or if he comes out and says, hey, look, man, I had a problem, uh, you know, and I don't see either one of those happening. And it should be taken very seriously until some accountability is had. Yeah, I, I, that's how 
I think it would end, or maybe it's just the way that I would end it if I had that problem, if you will, is I really, truly believe that based on his profile, his youth, his money, his stardom, that he thought massages, that's the way they went and he could get away with it. And of course it's, it's wrong. Um, I think he, he could come to a settlement and then, you know, hold the press conference that says I made 25 mistakes and I, I, I took advantage of people and I, you know, just come out and tell the truth and yeah. it'll take a while. Um, but yeah, I, I cannot, I'll never believe that 25 people were like, Ooh, let's go take down the Texans quarterback. Yeah. And ironically, none of it, none of it came, came into roost either until the whole trade start talk started. <laughs> right. It's like, it gets pri- everything prior to that day, Deshaun, I mean, I obviously don't know the guy, but I mean, you know, obviously you never would have thought, I mean, in even people that actually, you know, claim to know the guy that have interviewed him and that have been around him. And it, it was a shock to, to, to everybody, which is just really, really bizarre. It's a bizarre situation. It's an unfortunate situation that, that definitely needs um, a resol- a just resolution um, immediately. Yep, I think that he just thought, "Hey, I'm I'm one of the best three quarterbacks in the NFL. I can do this." Like, and and they they like it. I think that's probably what he thought was the deal. Yeah, yeah. And for what it's worth, too, um, in Houston, Davis Mills, I, I think he he showed a lot, uh, especially the last uh, month or so of the season. So mm-hmm. I I think you know they might have their long term answer there. Uh, obviously it'll depend, depend on continued coaching and, um, you know, how, how they go forward from there. Well, and let's say, and yeah, and on a, on a positive note, Houston did much better last year than I would have thought they would have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they, uh, they canned their fall guy coach. That was yep. a, all right. Here's the next one that it's been really been eating a hole at me is the, the way that the Rams constructed their Super Bowl championship. They haven't selected a first round draft pick since Jared Goff in the 2016 NFL draft. And they did everything they needed to, to get to the point Sunday night and they finished it off. They won a Super Bowl. They, they, they traded away all their picks to get the Hollywood team. They Von Miller. I mean, top to bottom, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Odo Beckham Jr., and Matthew Stafford. And it really got me thinking that will this start a trend in the NFL, not across the board, but here and there, where this, because it now is shown to have credence that it works, if, if, if this will start to happen around the league. And the reason that it's so interesting is because if your team is involved in it, whether they take on the philosophy of their own or their recipient – it makes for a lot of cool things. So if, if it's the Broncos, let's say that they want to trade with the Rams or trade with the next version of the Rams. Well, God, you're going to get so much sweet draft capital that you think, oh man, we're just stocked for the future. If your team Broncos decides to do this themselves, you're going to stare down at the depth chart and be like, good God, we've got an Olympic dream team. Uh, so it, it's cool from both angles. I mean, you can, you can get behind either way if teams were to try it. So Wes, I want to know, do you think this, uh, is it Sneed or whatever his name is? Do you think the Rams are just the team that does this and nobody else wants to pull the trigger on it? Um, no, I, I think other teams have done smaller moves, um, like the Seahawks trading for Jamal Adams. 
Um, Steelers trading for Minka Fitzpatrick. Both of those trades, I believe, netted uh, two first-round picks. Um, It's going to take a a strong front office, one that is – very good in the scouting department, one that has had success drafting. Uh, they they didn't just trade all their draft picks and create this contender. They they drafted well over the course of a few years, and then they were able to develop those players, uh, the Aaron Donalds, the Cooper Cups. And because of that, it allowed them the ability to mortgage their their picks or their future uh to go and make the moves for these um these better players that became available uh i liken it to the lakers in the nba um the lakers they traded away a large majority of their future picks and yet every year they seem to either get a second round pick or an undrafted free agent that comes in and plays, you know, important minutes in games. It was Alex Caruso, undrafted free agent. He was uh, a solid player and, you know, not a lot of other NBA fans really recognize it. And then now he's in Chicago and they, <laughs> they see it. They're like, holy hell, this guy was good. Um, THT last year, he, mm-hmm. he, started to come on. He got a nice contract in the off season. And then this year they got um, Reeves uh, yeah. also another undrafted <laughs> free agent. And uh, so if you have a front office that has the ability to uh, spot these fringe talented players uh, or like late round talented players, and then the ability to um get them to to grow and develop uh then i believe that can that process can work but without it like you see seattle they sent two first round picks out for jamal adams and then on top of you know needing to pay the guy and they just bought him out they bought him out this year absolutely um i think even with a healthy russ they still they may finish with an, another winner or two, but I, I, I don't see any more than two wins with a healthy, healthy rust, just based on how that roster has been um, constructed over the last years. Jason, the, the first round in the NFL draft is an absolute coin flip by the numbers. 50% of them turn out to be good and 50% of them not like they're either out of the league within a few years. They never make a pro bowl or they're just not impact dude that you would expect to occur in the first round. So knowing that it's 50, 50 flat out. Um, if the Broncos took on this philosophy, like the Rams and started sending those picks away for dudes, would you, would you get behind it? Or do you like having the, like the farm system, the draft picks? Wes nailed it on every phase. I mean, yeah. you have to have the, because yeah, if you look at the Rams prior to McVay getting there, absolutely putrid. Uh, Jeff Fisher, that guy. Who was was he the coach before McVay, or was there one in between? No, I think McVay went or Fisher went all the way up to 2016, I believe. Yeah, I got year after year <laughs> after year. I couldn't believe that guy didn't get fired. Um, and 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 to think that 
because Fisher drafted Goff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that wasn't even McVeigh's guy. So McVeigh gets there and obviously lives up to these, just exceeds all expectations. Um, and I think you got to believe that prior to that, they were drafting pretty high, uh, put, putting together that, that, but then you get a guy like McVeigh in there who clearly knows what he's doing. Um, then you can, you, I've watched Denver draft pretty good players, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and they've had these guys on these rookie deals and they've been squandered away by coaching, um, mm-hmm. and development. And it's like, these guys are getting no better. Um, I, you start to question if these guys were ever any good in the first place. Um, now they're, you know, and, and I think that happens to so many teams, uh, like, like just three years ago, the Raiders had three number one, uh, three first round picks. Um, it seems like that happens often. Like, mm-hmm. um, the dolphins have, have a bunch like this year, the Eagles will have a lot. I th- kind of like what the Eagles are doing there, but it takes, it takes to be able to, you know, not only have an eye for talent, being able to draft well, um, there's so many first round picks that are bungled by, I don't know if it's poor coaching or just not developing players properly. Um, cause that still needs to happen. Once you get into the pros, you can't just draft talent and expect them to just play good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess old school, I, I would not like the Vikings, uh, doing this just because and it, I know it's trendy and I know it worked for, for the Rams, but I, I just don't think it's sustainable. And uh, for, for a team that's so starved like the Vikings or Bengals or Lions, I suppose you could take a swing and get your coveted championship. But for bringing up the Lakers again, like it really wouldn't be that big of a deal to win a solo championship with this strategy. Uh, thankfully for LeBron's legacy, it really helped because had he not got the bubble championship, this would look at like an atrocious uh, four years, but uh, for football, it just, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to say if it was worth it. Indeed it was because they did get their Super Bowl. but I, I would prefer to do it organically and not, not do it all for a stretch of two to four years, knowing pretty well that the bottom, it was going to fall out. And then you have to navigate the futility of however many years. Uh, the cool thing about McVeigh is that, so he has a coaching tree with uh, Staley, LaFleur, uh, Zach Taylor, now O'Connell, and he's the youngest coach in the NFL. He's got this coaching tree where these like tentacles, where these guys are going out and doing their own thing and doing well. And it's under the youngest coach in the business. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I was Amazing. telling, I was telling uh, Sally from Minneapolis on our show about an hour ago for the Vikings part that uh, McVeigh really, he has the look, he has the voice and he has the wins. Like he's got all three of those, like his actual voice sounds really sweet when he's motivating men. Obviously he looks cool. And then um, since he took over, the Rams have been the third best team in football by wins and losses. So yeah, I mean, I, for his sake, why would you retire? Like, you got to keep doing this or if you're going to retire, you got to come back in a decade. Yeah. He's, he's the best <laughs> to do it. I, I, I'm so envious every time I watch the Rams with him on the sideline. Yeah. It's like, you know, hopefully we each got a, a, a guy like that kind of, you know, to a reasonable degree that we can get excited about as well. Yeah. You know, in Denver and Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how these football teams, uh, Broncos and Vikings have have paralleled each other with defensive coaches 
and, you know, not getting over the hump. And now they're both trying offensive dudes and, and both of them on the quest for the right quarterback since the turn of, or about 2015 or so. There's a lot of parallels there. West free agency is less than four weeks away. It's hard to believe that your team and Jason's team and everybody's team is going to be fundamentally tweaked in less than a month. So I asked you because you're good at this. Um, PFF always puts out their top 100 free agents. Uh, what, what is one guy that will surprise people where he lands? Yeah, I, I had a look at the um, the list of potential free agents, and I mean, it, there's too many to to really pinpoint one guy that's going to stand out above the rest and that's going to surprise people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devonte Adams is a popular one. Um, he could um, forego Green Bay and go to like a, a Vegas, um, but I, I don't think that he would uh, leave Rogers if Rogers stays in Green Bay, which I believe he will. Yeah. Um, so one guy that would surprise people or it would be a surprise landing place. Um, I'm going to pick Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. And just looking at the teams with cap space, um, some people have penned him to go to New England. I, I, well, I could see that. I I want something a little more flashy. So I, I will go with um, the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, Okay. So he would go be the other bookend for Bosa. Yes. Chargers have uh, $57 million in cap space heading into the offseason, so they will have money to spend. Uh, secondary one that makes a lot of sense is mm-hmm. Mike Gusecki to the Chargers as well. Um, Chargers have a somewhat of a hole at tight end. Um, Jared Cook did decent there. Uh, they do have... Uh, a couple of young guys as well. Um, Donald Palm, he showed a little bit, but uh, I think getting an established veteran like Kaseki, uh, someone who's still in um, relatively his prime, would be a good fit for uh, Herbert. Okay. Yeah, the thing on Chandler Jones that I thought uh, was funny was that week one of the season, he had five sacks. And then he finished with 10.5. So the rest of the way he had five and a half and we thought he could be on a historic pace to break records, but it didn't quite work out. He started in new England. So I think that's probably why he's whispered to go back there. Yeah. All right. Uh, the last question tonight is for you, Jason. So if, if Rogers cozies up to the Packers and wants to uh, hilariously run this back again with the assumption that it'll finally work, uh, where does that, I know you've thought about this, then what does Denver do? What would they do, my friend? Oh, man. Draft uh, Matt Corral or something? I think they roll with Drew Locke, actually. Um, you know, I, I honestly think if it's not Rodgers and it's not um, – I, I think Peyton is is – I think he's too savvy of a guy. I think he knows that his quarterback wouldn't be found in this year's draft. Sure. I mean, I, I believe they'll take one. If they go into the draft with all their picks, I believe that they're going to get a quarterback 
will they go for a quarterback at nine? I, I don't think so. I think they, they would go edge or trade back and get more picks, but I think it, it I think it's, it's Rogers or Wilson all day. Um, and I'm thinking it's Rogers. I think that they just got to get some, they, that, that has to happen. It absolutely <laughs> has to happen. But the biggest free agent surprise, I do want to chime in with mine. Mm-hmm. Vaughn is going to come back to Denver. That's always <laughs> been the plan. <laughs> Nobody, even in Denver believes that. And uh, it's probably just my insanity, but I firmly believe that George <laughs> Payton had that conversation with Vaughn. Uh, so um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are up in arms about cousins. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of connections there with George. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Hackett's seen cousins play. He's pretty familiar with him. It'll all depend on if uh, Hackett wants him. It, I don't know. I honestly don't know what direction they go if they don't get Rogers or Wilson. Yeah, because if they miss out on the sweepstakes of those two, then we're doing the the Watson conversation all over again. And then mm-hmm. you pivot to Cousins or Matt Ryan. And after that, then it's Locke as a, as a competition guy for somebody that you would draft at number nine or in the second round. Uh, I still can't figure out, Wes, if, if this is going to be the same old stuff for the draft where five dudes just get whisked into the top 20, or if this will actually be a year where that doesn't happen. Yeah, I I don't see it happening this year. Um, just from the film I've seen, um, the reports I've seen, I, I don't see uh, a bevy of quarterbacks going high in this one um if i had to guess i'd probably say three quarterbacks go in the first round okay so i got a question for you guys uh so let's just pretend right now that denver has 50 million in avail uh, in cap space mm-hmm. right so rogers is or you know even throw a cousins in there or whoever anybody that commands those top quarterback dollars uh Rogers probably would command much more than cousins, I would imagine. But uh, let's just say that they 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 do get a deal done and they bring Rogers in and or a Wilson, and they end up deciding on a contract of. Well, I'm pretty sure wouldn't both of them have to fig, uh, to have to play out their remaining deal. Not, no, you don't have to. Yeah, but no. you could restructure. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. could restructure. Say you want to allocate forty five million to Rogers. Mm-hmm. Per year, yeah. an annual salary. Does that automatically just eat up all that available cap that I just mentioned, or does that, or 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 and would that leave absolutely no room for anyone else? No, because some no. of it will be signing bonus, and um, he would that probably spread. Yeah, yeah. He, they would spread it out, and that's why they'd probably rework it wherever Rogers uh, ended up. Because a, he's going to want more money. And so, no, it's not, it's not that your team has 50, he gets 45, boom, you only have five left. Um, realistically, that would probably be 25 of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, he would come in and eat up about half of what they yeah. have available. Yeah. They, they tend to get creative. Um, almost all general managers or the, the lieutenant under the general manager, they, they'll spread it out to over the three years. And then some of it's converted to signing bonus. Uh, so it's it, okay. it it'll certainly get a chunk of it, but it, it won't be like oh shit, we only have five million left now. Not not quite as literal as that. Okay, so then yeah. it's not as simple as just doing that simple nope. math. And so if you so if Rogers occupies, and I, I'm just using him as as mm-hmm. an example, so, so 
if you start with 50, he comes in and, and, and even that type of player occupies about 25 of that. Mm -hmm. So you, you could still potentially bring in four or five other real good players. Yep. And that's before they even restructured anybody as is. So, wow. Because whenever you look at over the cap or spot rack right now, that's, that's in their, their virgin forms for the off season. Nothing has tweaked there. That's Mm -hmm. why, that's why the saints, although they're not in a good spot, for some some type of wizardry, that guy's going to start restructuring dudes like crazy, and they'll get closer to where they need to be. They did the same thing last year. I think they were thirty or forty million underwater, and they fielded a, a team that almost made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so right now it, it's always freak out time when you go look at the the cap for the bottom ten. But normally it's a matter of redoing deals and spreading the money out to to a a year when you know the cap space is going to be more doable. Yeah, because yeah. I'm just trying to wonder then why a team would be put in a position like, and you saw Brady doing a lot, right? Brady, I mean, ex- it, you always heard about him accepting less money, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, to maybe free up more money mm-hmm. to, for, to sign other guys. And then Manning t- did it once, but he earned it all back because he won the Super Bowl that year. <laughs> and we're talking about like $6 million that he that he said, yeah. okay, I'll take $6 million less. Why Why did that have to happen then? Because they, there was no other moves they could make? Yeah, they sometimes when you're up against it, then you have to do the incentives part because it doesn't come directly out of like the, 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 the general cap hit. And I want to point out on that topic, I, I'm pretty sure, Wes, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom Brady is really the only dude that's ever done that like yeah multiple times and it's just another testament to him being the greatest of all time is because um right. you know his wife makes more money than him and he's already going to be set for the rest of his life um brady did it a couple times a few times and but he's really the only one that does this yeah. team friendly stuff yeah and so I, I know all about this because that's that's what would bring the Vikings fan base together is if if somehow Kirk Cousins did the same thing that Brady did and then played on a little $25 million deal, everybody would be like, all right, now I can get behind this guy. But it, it's <laughs> always the money for for Cousins detractors because he's paid he's paid up there, uh, especially this year when his cap hit is through the roof. There has to yeah. be fan bases throughout the league that feel that exact same way about their own quarterback. Yeah, yeah you have to believe that. I can't because because I, I, I we hear cousins a lot. I mean, I see it too, and uh, you know the people on Facebook or whatever still sharing the the same old tweet. Man robs Minnesota of <laughs> ninety five or whatever it was. And it's like, man, that is that's peanuts these days. Yeah, yeah. The, I I giggle still um, when we look back at the three years. 84 million guaranteed for cousins. And that was three years ago. And now that deal would be sweet. You know, we'd be like, wow, we locked up a franchise quarterback for that cheap. And that's how quickly this stuff moves. That's that. I mean, that's, and that's what means that these guys who will sign this year, whether it's Rogers or cousins or um, within two years, they're going to be underpaid. Like Stafford made 25 million bucks this year when he signed that bad boy in Detroit. Oh, he was rolling. Yeah. And with cap space and, and just the way the economy works, um, Mahomes' deal, even by the time that's halfway done, it's going to seem reasonable. It's crazy. Yeah. Jason, uh, second round pick for Jimmy G. Would you do it for the Broncos? Well, I give up a second round pick for Jimmy G. Yeah. Well, yeah, we got a couple of them this year. Of course I would. I mean, 
you know, if that's all that's going to cost. I'm thinking that might be the deal that you guys make. I I don't know the availability of the Rogers or the, or the Wilsons. I, I know the talk is, is that way now. I just don't know when it comes time to, to do the deal. I, I don't know if these big name quarterbacks will move just because the simple fact that they are big name quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to, you know, I don't have such a big issue with Jimmy G really. I mean, he's definitely, I would much rather watch him throw the ball than, than what we've had over the last six years. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and he's got the team to where it needs to be. And let's face it when he's played, they have done well when he has not played that team has really, really struggled. Um, and obviously I'm not saying that he's the missing link or anything like that, but you know, Hey, Belichick wanted him at one point in time. Um, I got to believe that he's, he's got the goods to be reasonably, uh, proficient, but then, you know, a lot of people could say, well, gosh, how does, how does Peyton sell that to the fan base? Because then what, is that the same thing we're doing again? <laughs> you know, and but Jimmy G's been been to the been to the games. I mean, he's gotten yeah. to the Super Bowl. He's gotten to the. He was just he just took out Rogers. Um, obviously, it's a team game. And I was going to say that. And 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 this is the, the if I'm the Green Bay Packers, and I was having this conversation at at uh, work today. Don't you have to really think hard before you go all in? on a guy that you already know what you've done with him. Um, this, this is the only time they're going to get value for him. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. time. And, and, and you see, you saw it in Pittsburgh, you saw it with, you know, so many teams, uh, the, the giants, uh, did they hang on? Well, not that Eli was Rogers, but wouldn't you want to get rid of some of these guys before, or while you still could to get a return on your investment to at least for the betterment of the team, or at least make an attempt to get something for these guys. Yeah, yeah. Because if they don't do it this cycle, it'll be next cycle. And then you're going to be selling a quarterback who will be 40 years old. Yep. A year older. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Cause right now he's 39 and we still aren't batting an eye about the notion he'd command at least two first rounders and probably more. And he's 39. <laughs> going to be 39. You, hey, Dustin, you remember how that, that, that feeling that I used to have with Manning and, mm-hmm. and why I liked Brady so much more. <laughs> you would have to think that after, you know, as a Packers fan, granted, I mean, and you got to be careful what you wish for sometimes, because once he does leave, it will be a long road ahead. Well, it mm-hmm. should be, but in, in, in Green Bay, they've been spoiled since 93 with or four with Favre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in, in, in the Saints, too, with Breeze a little bit. Um, but gosh, you've been watching that, watching that team play and getting to this. He's the Peyton Manning of the NFC. <laughs> yep. And he uh, thankfully he got his ring in his third season as a starter. And if he did, oh boy, if he didn't get that, it'd be a completely different world we lived in. But yeah, it's for a decade. It's they just. I mean, I would got. I would have to think that if I was a fan of the Packers, I would, I would be almost mad at my team if they did everything to go up against the salary cap just to pay this guy more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'll always be skewed here on that team and that guy. 
But yeah, it's the reality is, is that you have a unique spot in history where you can trade a soon to be 39 year old for multiple draft picks, but you're not going to do it because you think this is going to be the year it's different, or you're going to break through and beat the 49ers and get the Super Bowl, and then Rodgers can leave on a high note. But I don't know. Yeah, it, that rarely happens. And and, and then it, then you face the reality that hardly anybody is like Brady, and any. Any of these years for Rodgers, he could show up and be like Roethlisberger, be like Breeze, or be like Manning from 2015, who somehow still won a Super Bowl. But that happens to most men at this age point. Yep, yep. 100%. And I'm not <laughs> even saying if we got Rodgers, you know, we'd have to worry about those exact same things. And yeah, but you, I, I, I'd probably, still go all in for him. You, yeah, you'd probably – he's different. So, you know, he's he's legendary. So you yeah. probably have a grace period of two more years that he would come down off this MVP hangover, hangover but he'd still throw 32 touchdowns and eight interceptions and then hopefully deliver in the, in the crunch time in the playoffs. But uh, I, I, th- I don't think I, I don't think that gets talked about enough that it's such a no-brainer that a, a soon-to-be 39-year-old would be offloaded for – like a Herschel Walker type of trade, which yeah. is exact. And, and it makes, and you've said it so many times, it just makes perfect sense for both teams, right? Mm-hmm. Denver's got the money to do it. Packers don't have the money to do it. Yep. They could, you know, they could get rid of his, you know, contract. They could get so much more in back in picks. Um, and yeah, this, it, uh, and Denver has the team that could potentially win with him for a few years you know, boost those guys value a little bit with like the receivers. And then you could start to see a Decker situation where he <laughs> maybe ends up going elsewhere, you know, with some of the, it, it makes perfect sense for both teams involved. And the um, Packers would have draft picks and they notoriously don't really care for free agency and they, they do love their draft picks and it, it just adds up that they'd, they'd probably get two and then a third or whatever it is they could finagle. Um, but all right, we are short on time next week. I don't know what will be on the docket next week. It'll probably be more free agency stuff because by then we'll be less than three weeks away. Anything yeah. else Anything else from you, gentlemen? No. no. Uh, and trades can happen at any time. Yep. So yep. obviously trades still, in principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Hopefully by then we got a good trade to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <There you> go. <laughs> all right. That's all we got. Take it easy. All right. Bye, guys. Later. Later. Feeling like it's all on me. Soon as they fall, they gon' call on me. I remember when they used to talk about me. I got it all yeah. Chopping game with the president We on a call Yeah, freely looping Now we flying over Bogota I swear that I'm flying Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host By subscribing to the show And giving us a five-star rating On your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com And search for B-L-E-A-V On YouTube